Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather. So I give you news and views from a West Texans, a biblical point of view, one you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome back to the episode today. It is March the 7th. March the 7th, and today is a, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We have a cold front coming in, but I have fantastic news. Huge, huge praise reports, you guys. My old partner, my former partner, Johnny, uh, work partner, that is. Um, anyway, Mr. Johnny Hoggett uh, is just turned 74, and he turned 74 and got diagnosed with COVID, but he is doing so much better, praise the Lord. I uh, just talked to him maybe 10 minutes ago, and he sounds stronger than an ox, let me tell you. And um, if you don't know uh, what all has happened to Mr. Johnny this year, let me tell you a lot. He got beat up um, by a uh, passenger, a young uh, black passenger, uh, swinging a, um, an iron pipe uh, inside of a sock. And so it did not take Mr. Johnny down. It's 73 years old, young and spry, let me tell you. He is an ox, I tell you what. And another good thing is he is a pastor as well. And so thank the Lord Jesus. God was watching over Mr. Johnny that night, and he's still watching over him today. And so just to give you guys a praise report, I know I'd ask for prayers for him, and he's doing so much better. So keep those prayers coming. Uh, my cousin Leslie is feeling a little bit better. Um, she does have some stuff coming up um, in the near future, some more tests to um, do, get done. And another thing, my pastor, Pastor Dallas Stringer, is not doing very well. I mean, his health-wise is good, but his eye, let me tell you, I can't even imagine what that feels like. He's got one eye that turns like, clockwise counterclockwise a twist in the socket and not very many people have that and uh and so not a lot of treatments for that and so at first they tried the patch he does wear a patch right now and then of course they did give him these drops to try the drops didn't work and they give him this pill and i'm not sure what the medicine is but the side effects are like if you had chemo and so he missed one sunday preaching and so uh because of the side effects and so if the pill does not work they'll have to do brain surgery and so if you guys will join me in prayer, um, that the Lord would heal him miraculously, supernaturally heal him in Jesus name. And I do believe in prayer and I know you guys do too. And uh, I know he does as well. And so we'll keep him in prayer because he's having a hard time, um, reading, you know, the word of God. And so, you know, keep him in prayer because he's a pastor and I love him. Absolutely love him. He's a huge evangelist. And so with that, I just wanted to throw out some praise reports, Mr. Art art philippians 1 6 i love you art thank you so much for um sending that email you always encourage me and i am so thankful for that you have no idea um how much i needed to hear that today thank you so very much um anyway guys with that let's jump into some articles shall we let's do it a lot of stuff happening in the world today and i can say that like every day now um <laughs> used to back in the day um, when I started studying eschatology and Bible prophecy and I was so excited like like 30 years ago you know oh my gosh it was so awesome and uh, I was probably about 17 or 18 you know and it was all the big thing back then of course you know all the books from Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins was coming out you know I was like oh my gosh everybody was so excited about the rapture and I just stayed excited about the rapture ever since then of course kind of faded away in society but I stayed excited and, uh, and anyway, I'm still excited uh, about the rapture of the church. I hope you guys are too, because that is our blessed hope. That's what we look for. And um, from then until now, I can't tell you how dark the days have become. I actually, I don't have to tell you that because you guys see that every day. 
And um, it's such a dark, stark difference than it was before. And just within the last decade, I would say it has gotten dramatically worse. And year by year, and here, it used to be decade by decade, you know, you could see a little, you know, a little bit darker, a little bit, you know, more evil. And then now, it's not even decade, it's not even year by year. I would dare say it's not even month by month how dark it gets. It is now day by day, day by day, things are coming out. And uh, I'm telling you folks, I'm here to keep you guys apprised of what is going on in the world today. Otherwise, you're not going to hear it in your mainstream media. You know what I'm talking about? Like, for instance, 15-Minute Cities. You guys have heard me talk about these. I've talked about these a lot. And they are a thing. They are coming. And they are coming to a country near you. Anyway, uh, the hottest conspiracy theory of 2023 is 15-Minute Cities. So I did an update. I recorded it and everything. And I tell you what, I don't know what happened. But nothing worked right. Nothing. Nothing was working right. I did this whole thing. And... I don't know. I just, you know, I was like, it's just not flowing right. And I couldn't read for some crazy reason. Like I, like I kept messing up and I'm like, oh, this, I'm not even going to, not even going to do this. So there's a couple nights ago. So we were bringing it back, guys. The hottest conspiracy theory of 2023, 15 minute cities. And it's going to go along with another one that I'm going to talk to you guys about. Yes, Trump. I know some of you guys love him. I know I have somebody that listens to this program who I'm not even going to name genders. I'm just going to say they love Trump. And hey, I'm telling you, I, you know how I feel about Trump. I've just never been a fan of his. Now, I, of course, voted for him because, you know, we absolutely needed a leader in this in this country at that time. I hope DeSantis runs, by the way. <laughs> I hope he gets the nominee um, for Republican. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't trust Trump. Never have. He pushed that vaccine and uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. It's going to be a huge, huge, huge. It's, gonna, it's the best thing ever. I saved millions of lives. Remember, he just said that recently within like the last month or so. Uh, no, Trump, it killed millions of people. Millions of people died um, because of that. I fast-tracked it. I did. I, I, I. Narcissist? Question mark? No. Um, guys. We did a hell of a job. Never got credit for that. More people died under Biden. You saw that. And the job we did with COVID, or as some people call it, to be more accurate, the China virus. But we did so much in terms of therapeutics, and a word that I'm not allowed to mention, but I'm still proud of that word. Because we did it, we did that, we did that in nine months, and it was supposed to take five years to 12 years. Nobody else could have done it, but I'm not mentioning it in front of my people, but. Someday we're going to have to all sit down and have a little talk. But you know what? We did a hell of a job. I never have trusted him ever since the day. Because he hung out with the Clintons back in the day. And he was on Epstein's plane, too. So, you know, not drawing any conclusions or anything. I'm just throwing out some facts that some people probably don't want to hear. And I'm sorry. You know, you take it from there with a grain of salt, whatever you guys want to take it with. And, you know, I'll tell y'all, y'all know what I think about it. I'm pretty opinionated about that. But anyway, so Trump's call for building, quote, freedom cities, unquote, plays right into globalist plan for the fourth industrial revolution control grid. You heard it right, folks. You heard me. Absolutely. And this article is by, you know him, you love him, Mr. Leo Holman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N dot com. I haven't heard from Leo in a while. And so I jotted over to his um, website and I said, oh, Leo's got to have something today. And he did. And he did. And it is a 
It is a punch to the gut, folks. You're going to want to hear this article. Oh, my goodness. And he posted it yesterday, March the 6th of 2023. Oh, my goodness. And then, of course, after we read these two articles, we're going to follow up with, oh, yeah, guys, you better believe it. Why hasn't the FDA recalled the COVID vaccines? Hmm, aren't we supposed to trust the science? Hmm, aren't we? Oh, I don't know. Trump said it has saved millions of lives. But we're going to talk about that and much more today, guys. I hope you'll stay with me. And uh, as we go through these articles and dig into some of this stuff and, you know, talk about things. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, the jab. Let's get into it, folks. Oh, yeah. Never, ever, ever fails to amaze me. The stuff that is going on in the headlines, in the news. It's like we live in a parallel universe or something. It's just crazy that this stuff is happening. And it's even more crazy that people still believe that these vaccines are good for them. They still believe that this stuff is good. That the government is here to help you. We're here to help you. Don't worry don't worry we are here to help you don't worry we're here to help you yes take this little shot and everything will be okay you to close your eyes everything will be okay don't worry don't worry be happy <laughs> you'll own nothing and be happy yes yes and people eat it up just totally just totally uh just never I, the facts are out there. You can't deny it. Somebody knows somebody who died this year, who died unexpectedly, who got cancer. Stage four, like, unexpectedly. Like, you know, six months ago they were fine. They took their second jab, and then boom, stage four pancreatic cancer. Spread out of the blue. My doctor, I'm telling you, I'm still angry over that. I'm totally angry. Um, I know that jab killed her. I know it. I know it's killed millions of other people, too. And still killing people, by the way. If you do not subscribe to, or if you're not a member of uh, the Sunrise Bible Chapel with uh, Pastor Billy Crone, you can go to getalifemedia.com and learn how to become a online member if you do not live there in Nevada. See, Nevada, I can say that. Most people in Texas say Nevada, but I know better because I've heard them say it's Nevada. It's like Colorado. It's not Colorado. It's Colorado. You know, yeah, potato, potato, Texas, Tejas. Yeah, you know, whatever, right? But no, in all serious folks, guys, if you don't have a home church that you can go to, or even if you do have a great home church you can go to, please become an online member um, at Sunrise Bible Chapel. You folks, Sunrise Bible Church, folks, you're not going to, man, man, Pastor um, Bobby will take you through the whole uh, class and you can do that on like, I think on Saturday, well, I did it all on Saturday. So it was four weeks of Saturdays, you know, I think it was maybe three, it was so much fun. It was so much fun getting to know everybody. I tell you what, um, if you're not a member, please do because you get these wonderful emails with loads and loads of information and things that you probably want to know, especially if you've taken the jab. Uh, there's emails in there that you can go and there's some things you can go and find out this information on what you can do. Um, to rid your body of the spike protein and all kinds of stuff. Just fantastic information in there. Um, and if you want to know, hey, shoot me an email and I will send you that information. 
anyway, Dr. Malone and Dr. Murdoch, so much is going on. So much stuff isn't happening, but you're not going to hear that in your mainstream media. No, don't you know? People have always dropped dead. Yeah, you know, 16-year-olds have always dropped dead on the basketball courts. You know, it's like, a, I don't know why you guys are making such a big deal out of all this stuff now. Just nothing to see here, folks. Just keep going. It's infuriating. And then these people just suck it up like what the government said that's always happened. So I guess it's always happened. Yeah, that's that's what they said. So that, that's right. Yeah, and they just brainwash them. And it's like if you tell somebody the same thing over and over and over and over, they believe it because they listen over and over and over and over. And finally, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you know? No, I don't know. That's what happens when you watch the mainstream media. And they tell you over and over, like a dog, but over and over, Pavlov's dog, over, ring the little bell, over and over, oh, yep, yep, yep. I don't know. It just makes me so, so mad, so mad. I mean, angry. I shouldn't say mad because mad, you know, but angry. I'm abs- angry. People are dying every single day from this vaccine. People are dying every single day from, you know, just the food supply the food supply what they're putting in our food if you don't know you better wake up you better wake up like i'm not kidding eat grab you a box of cereal general meals just grab post toasties get you some cheerios and look on the back of that box and on the very bottom probably in small print but they're kind of making it big now because they're bold and they don't care but it'll say contains a bioengineered ingredient I don't know about you, but I don't remember reading anything about bioengineered bread in the Bible. I don't remember that as a kid, bioengineered food product. Bioengineered? Folks, I'm just telling you, stuff is in our food. Then again, it's the plan to come after, so what are we going to do about it? I don't know about you, but I'm going to pray. I give thanks for my food every day and ask the Lord to bless it. And I, The way I look at it, I've prayed for it. I've given God thanks for it. Ask him to bless it. And he's going to bless it. That's the way I look at it. And that's how you should too. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Give it to God. God is in ultimate control. And the devil's going to do what he wants to do because he's the God of this age. And of course, he's blinding the people to the truth of the gospel, to the truth of the Bible, to the truth of what's going on in this world. Deception. Jesus said, how many times did he say, be ye not deceived? In King James Version. In other words, don't be deceived. What else did he say? Many Antichrists have gone. Remember? Hello, folks. We're living in, we are living in the end of the end. The end of the end days. And I don't know how much longer we have before Christ comes back. And if you see the signs of Jesus Christ's second coming, well, you know the rapture is going to happen before that. And so I don't know about you, but I do my rapture practice every night before I go to bed. Every morning when I wake up, I'll make today could be the day. Tonight could be the night. This afternoon could be the, you know, whatever. It can happen. It's imminent, which means it can happen at any moment. If somebody tells you that Jesus is coming back on so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, you just tell them, honey, you need to get your butt in the Bible. You need to put your nose in the Bible and read. Nobody knows the day. Nobody knows the hour. Nobody knows when Christ will come back for his church. Not even Jesus, only God the Father knows when he sends his son back for his bride, which is us, the church. If you want to know more about that, you guys can go and watch 
Before the Wrath, the movie. I say that a lot, but I really mean it. It's a great movie, and you're going to learn a whole lot. But anyway, enough of this hipping and hollering and uh, jawing around over here, folks. We got articles to read. Let's just start with this. Uh, do we want to start with the vaccine, or do we want to start with um, the hottest conspiracy theory? Let's do the conspiracy theory. We'll move into Trump in his freedom cities, and then we'll go to the vaccine. All right, guys, this is the hottest conspiracy theory of 2023, 15-minute cities. You can find it at prophecynewswatch.com. The article is written by John Mack. I'm sorry, sir, if I have murdered your name, but it is. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my total best. Gleon. Gleon. If you guys are Star Trek fans, that's not Klingon. <laughs> it's just Gleon. And it is G H L I O. In, in, that is his last name. But anyway, he posted this on the sixth of March, and we're gonna check out his article right now if I can get my glasses to work. Okay, so the Guardian's Oliver Wainwright recently discussed a new international socialist conspiracy that has taken the world by storm. Fringe forces of the far left, he noted, are plotting to take away our freedom to be stuck in traffic jams, to crawl along clogged. Uh, clogged ring roads and trawl the streets in search of a parking spot unquote the name of this chilling global movement he asked sarcastically and somewhat contemptuously the 15 minute city wainwright believes these cities are simply part of a mundane planning theory i'm going to increase the font if you guys know you know i'm blind uh the name of this chilling global movement i just said is the 15 minute city so he's wrong. A few days after Wayne Ryan's piece was published, three academics called 15-Minute Cities FMCs the hottest conspiracy theory of 2023. In a truly elitist manner, they poked fun at those who dared to question the motive behind FMCs or 15-Minute Cities. One needn't be a card-carrying QAnon member to have fears over these Trojan-like creations. Before going any further, it's important to get our definitions in order. As the, polit uh, the political scientist Kelly M. Greenhill has noted, not all conspiracy theories are wacky and not all conspiracy theories are wrong. Take the Watergate conspiracy theory, for instance, or the fact that Edith Wilson uh, made most of the executive decisions after her husband, President Woodrow Wilson, suffered a stroke. Quite often, conspiracy theories turn out to be accurate. Also known as smart cities, FMCs are places where everything imaginable from your place of your work to your favorite pizzeria is accessible either by foot or bike, not by car, though. They will be verboten uh, in 15 minutes or less. What's so bad about this? On first inspection, very little. We are, after all, creatures of comfort. We live in a world where the mantra, too long, didn't read. Right? Too long, didn't read. Now reigns supreme, or the TLDR. <laughs> we crave convenience. We crave expediency. However, expediency isn't always a good thing. Sometimes it's downright dangerous. This is especially true when people either consciously or otherwise trade their freedom of ease of access to certain services. FMCs may make it easier for citizens to get from A to B, but these creations will also make it easier for those in power to spy on us, to harvest our data, enable Big Brother to become Bigger Brother. Because I want to say as I write this, FMCs are being actively championed by the World Economic Forum. The group behind the Great Reset and the idea of owning nothing, having absolutely no privacy and being very happy, this fact 
alone should concern all readers. Too many, I'm sure, FMCs sound incredibly cool, but don't be fooled by the name. FMCs are actually, quote, smart cities. As I've noted elsewhere, he says the smart, the word smart is really just a synonym for surveillance. These ultra-modern tech-saturated monstrosities uh, use hundreds of thousands of sensors to vacuum up copious amounts of personal data. FMC's policies are currently being rolled out in cities such as Barcelona, Bogota, Melbourne, Paris, and the dystopian wasteland known as Portland. <laughs> it just reminds me, uh, Pastor Brett Meter had spoke about this um, on his last prophecy update. Of course, Athy Creek is there in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a little sidebar there. Anyway, uh, the article continues. What do these cities have in common? Surveillance technology. Between now and 2040, cities right across the United States and beyond are predicted to spend trillions of dollars on the installation of additional cameras and biometric sensors. Sure, sure, surveillance is bad now, but as Randy Bachman famously hollered, you ain't seen nothing yet, folks. You ain't seen nothing yet. By 2050, more than two-thirds of the world's population will live in closely surveilled urban centers like glorified rats in cramped cages. Contrary to popular belief, we no longer live in a panoptic society. When Jeremy uh, Bentham, the English philosopher and social uh, theorist, put forward the idea of this prison system, there was no internet. In truth, there weren't even cars. And we now live in a post-panoptic world, a digital panoptic panopticon, if you will, uh, with huge social media platforms collecting personal user data before selling it to the highest bidder. The companies running these platforms often work closely with government officials, identifying a supposed sinners and punishing them in the swiftest of manners. As the writer uh, Kylie uh, Lynch has noted, these companies know absolutely everything about you. They have instant access to your browser history, your activity online, and now rather worryingly, even your biometrics. Not surprisingly, these big tech companies will have a big impact on FMCs of the future by providing the underlying digital infrastructure needed to monitor us and ensure mass compliance. Revelation 13, and you will worship the beast. And he's going to know if you're not worshiping or not. How? Ah, right here. <laughs> mass compliance. FMCs are wolves in sheep's clothing. Oh, goodness. Sorry about that. FMCs are wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't believe the countless stories telling you otherwise. It has become common for elitist mainstream outlets to poke fun at those who dare to question that we have your best interest at heart narratives. We have been burned too many times before. Folks, you can find that article originally published in the Activist Post. And uh, if you want to find it on this one, you can go to privacynewswatch.com. Thank you, uh, my goodness, thank you, sir, for writing that article. Uh, John Mack, I'm not going to try to pronounce your name again. I am so sorry about the last name. I'm just a country girl from Texas anyway. Uh, thank you so much. It was a wonderfully written article. And let me tell you something. It leads us right into this next uh, thing right here. And this is Leo Holman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com. Go show Leo some love, you guys. Go show him some love. So Trump calls for building air quotes here freedom cities plays right into globalist plans for the fourth industrial revolution control grid yes indeedy folks yes indeedy don't worry about feeding the needy we gotta do these uh, smart cities and spend billions and trillions of dollars on these biometric sensors you know who cares about grandma i can't eat and you know little kids starving and yeah who cares about that we're more worried about data and money Show us the money. Follow the money, folks. If you follow the money, you're going to find out 
a lot of stuff. Did you know there's only a select few corporations that own almost our entire food supply? Did you? The global food supply. I'm not just talking about the United States food supply. I'm talking global. Global. If you haven't watched Pastor Billy's latest update on Klaus Schwab, his latest sermon, go check it out at getalifemedia.com, getalifemedia.com. Or you can go to his Rumble channel and watch that for sure. I'm going to tell you what, folks, you're going to be like, what? I'm telling you. Ah. And then you'll really be like, we are living in the end days. Oh my gosh, we really are. I'm telling you, we are. <laughs> anyway, you guys, let's jump into this article. All righty. Yeah. It is filters in your cup. So Trump pledges to build new generation of cities on federal lands where everyone is prosperous, safe, and secure with lots of police and flying cars. Everyone who is awake knows that all modern cities are being developed or redeveloped as, quote, smart cities, unquote. And what is a, quote, smart city? Maybe Trump doesn't know, or is he just playing us? Trump's history of talking tough against globalists, but then kowtowing to their demands like he did with the vax should give us pause. That's what I'm talking about, folks. That's what I am talking about. Anyway, moving right along. So for several years now, myself and others with an eye toward the future have been warning people to get out of the cities or risk become becoming a ward of the burgeoning technocratic beast system. Through their, quote, smart city technology in various engineered emergencies, the globalists hope to lure us into stack and pack housing where they can more easily control us with 24-7 surveillance and near total dependence on the global infrastructure for our jobs, transportation, food, water, healthcare, entertainment, etc. Aldix Huxley, um, Huxley, author of the 1931 novel A Brave New World, foresaw the end result of technocratic advances mixed with creeping centralization even back then. And there's a quote from his book, and this is from 1931. It says, The perfect dictatorship would have the appearance of a democracy, but would basically be a prison without walls in which the prisoners would not even dream of escaping. It would essentially be a system of slavery where, through consumption and entertainment, the slaves would love their servants. Yes, folks, modern globalists tell us their plans in the wide open. They say that by 2030, if we will just trust their plan to create a fourth industrial revolution, we will own nothing and be happy. Of course, there is a downside to the utopian dreams, which one of their leaders, Yuval Harari, warns us about. He says openly that most humans will become useless, replaced in our jobs by artificial intelligence and kept pacified by drugs and various digitized entertainment. You know, the one that calls us useless eaters, kind of like Hitler did. That was Hitler's words. And these people just used them. If you don't know who they were, you know, if you don't know who their idols were or who they're going after, you know, they can have an idea. Anyway. The price to pay for enjoying all the free stuff thrown your way in the cities will be that we must comply with a new set of rules. These rules will be connected to a social credit scoring system like they have in China. This is why we preach non-compliance and building self-sustaining lifestyles outside of the cities and suburbs. But lo and behold, the paragon of American conservatism has now come out of the woodwork with a contrarian message. A message built on repackaged, reformulated smart cities as the way to go moving forward. Because the globalist climate agenda doesn't resonate with conservatives, the globalists need a prominent conservative political voice who could take their message and communicate it in a way that appeals to conservative patriotic Americans. Enter the perfect stooge, Donald Trump. 
In the same way, Trump offered his services to the globalists when he sold their deadly mRNA clot shots to conservatives and churches, I might add. He is now signaling to them that he is willing and available to be used again, this time to convince us to move back into the cities where we will be safe, secure, and well taken care of. Trump over the weekend used a campaign message for his 2024 presidential run to tout his idea of building 10 futuristic smart cities on federal lands, a project he would bid out to private mega developers. But instead of calling them smart cities, Trump in classic Trumpian form has rebranded them into or rebranded them as Freedom Cities. Watch and see if 99% of the quote conservative media isn't taken in by this. Instead of being evil, smart cities run by Democrats, when Trump builds them, they will be sexy, Jetson-like freedom cities. A place where conservatives will flock to buy new smart homes connected to the smart grid with their smart cars zipping vertically up and down from one place to another within 15 minutes of their homes. In fact, the New York Post has already introduced the Jetsons aspect of Trump's freedom cities. (laughs) How cool is that? And of course, you can watch the video and it says, here's Trump touting his freedom cities in a video posted to his truth social platform. And we're going to listen to that right now, folks. Past generations of Americans pursued big dreams and daring projects that once seemed absolutely impossible. They pushed across an unsettled continent and built new cities in the wild frontier. They transformed American life with the interstate highway system magnificent it was, and they launched a vast network of satellites into orbit all around the Earth. But today, our country has lost its boldness. Under my leadership, we will get it back in a very big way. If you look at just three years ago, what we were doing was unthinkable, how good it was, how great it was for our country. Our objective will be a quantum leap in the American standard of living. That's what will happen. Here are just a few of the ways we can do it. Almost one-third of the landmass of the United States is owned by the federal government, with just a very, very small portion of that land, just a fraction, one-half of one percent. Would you believe that? We should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development. In other words, we'll actually build new cities in our country again. These freedom cities will reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership and, in fact, the American dream. Another big opportunity is in transportation. Dozens of major companies in the United States and China are racing to develop vertical takeoff and landing vehicles for families and individuals. Just as the United States led the automotive revolution in the last century, I want to ensure that America, not China, leads this revolution in air mobility. These breakthroughs can transform commerce, bring a giant infusion of wealth into rural America, and connect families in our country in new ways. Likewise, through our Strategic National Manufacturing Initiative, which is going to be very big and very, very successful, we will turn forgotten communities into hives of industry, producing the goods we will no longer import from China. 
We will also have a major initiative on lowering the cost of living with a special focus on lowering the cost of a new car and lowering the cost to build a single-family home. And they will be beautiful homes. And I will ask Congress to support baby bonuses for young parents to help launch a new baby boom. Finally, I'll challenge the governors of all 50 states to join me in a great modernization and beautification campaign, getting rid of ugly buildings, refurbishing our parks and our public spaces, making cities and towns more livable, ensuring a pristine environment, and building towering monuments to our true American heroes. Very importantly, I will also make sure all of these new places are safe. We love and cherish our police. They will do the job the way they have to. It is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. I will dramatically increase living standards and build a future that brings our country together through excitement, opportunity, and success. Thank you very much. Just when he thought Trump was on your side. No, he's on the side of the money. That's where he's at. Show me the money. Anyway, I thought I'd throw that up there, show you guys that little video, or let you hear that video. Anyway, moving right along. Is he selling us a WEF-style public-private partnership here? Uh, Putting fresh lipstick on an old pig? It certainly sounds that way. Instead of warning us about the globalist plans for digitization of everything, including our money and our very identities, Trump puts his own patriotic twist on the same globalist technocratic theme. He is distracting us here with stupid talk about flying cars and Americanizing the tools of our slavery. Instead of buying the tools from China, he will make sure they're all American made. Doesn't that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside? I love you, Leo. Anyway, uh, there is really nothing new about this proposal other than the packaging. It sounds a lot like what China is doing, minus the flying cars, built by building entire uninhabited cities completely outfitted with the infrastructure of technocracy, cameras, speakers, facial recognition scanners, and other surveillance tools connected to the Internet on every light post, embedded in the roadways and walkways, which, when taken together, amounts to little more than a super efficient spying apparatus. Trump sounds like he's not only trying to out-technocrat China, but also Saudi Arabia, where Prince Mohammed bin Salman is working on a very similar dream of building a futuristic city called Neom. And you can check that out because he did an article on that uh, last August, and I know I read that, and I may read it again just as an update later on. Um, Not tonight, but on another episode. But anyway, he goes on to say, just as people are waking up and starting to get a clue that the cities will become the epicenter of the globalist control grid and that what they call sustainable development is actually a ruse meant to enslave us to their ever more invasive technology and steps Trump's uh, with a new gimmick to convince people that maybe cities can once again be what they once were, centers of creativity and inspiration for quote freedom this is ever so deceptive i wonder which globalist advisor whispered this delusional advice into trump's ear i sense jared kushner's fingerprints all over this but maybe it was his golfing buddy lindsey graham or some other good for nothing friend heck maybe it was the leader of the fourth industrial revolution himself 
Mr. Klaus Schwab. Flashback. Toward the end of his presidency, on January 21st of 2020, Donald Trump traveled to the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos. This was less than two months before Trump took the bait of the globalists he surrounded himself with and declared COVID to be a national emergency. For all intents and purposes, suspending the United States Constitution and ushering in the first phase of the WF's Great Reset. The first order of business of which was to shut down Trump's booming U.S. economy and impose a whole host of unconstitutional edicts on masking, social distancing, closure of non-essential businesses, paying hospitals to follow deadly protocols, along with an all-new system of voting that remains with us today. During his speech at Davos that year, Trump began congratulating uh, Klaus Schwab on the WES 50th anniversary, calling it a truly amazing achievement. After addressing the audience, Trump walked into a room of reporters with Schwab giving a visual of complete unity. And remember, he was in the final year of his presidency just weeks away from buying into the COVID scamdemic and handling scam scamdemic demic and handing over uh, his authority to the globalist weasel Fauci. He proceeded to congratulate Schwab for, quote, doing a fantastic job. And he said he was there in Davos to meet with the biggest companies in the world, the biggest businesses in the world and world leaders, all for the benefit of the United States. Take a look at the video with this remarkable statement from the man conservatives see as the beacon of the American First Movement and in whom many place all their hopes for a restoration of American greatness. Folks, we're going to listen to this right now. Why is it better to be here in Davos than in Washington, D.C.? Well, we're here meeting with world leaders, the biggest, uh, most important people in the world, and we're bringing back tremendous business in the United States, and they're all here to see. Uh, I'll be making a speech, and then we'll be leaving shortly. Uh, but I think it's very important. Uh, the other is just a hoax. It's the witch hunt that's been going on for years, and it's frankly, it's disgraceful. But uh, we look forward to being here. Klaus has done a fantastic job. 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 Klaus has done a fantastic job. And again, we're meeting with the big, biggest companies in the world, the biggest businesses of the world and world leaders all for the benefit of the United States. We look forward to the meetings. What a, why not have witnesses this program? Is right on climate change, Mr. President? Well, I'm a big believer in uh, the environment. The environment to me is very important. Thank you. What Thank about of course, yes, the environment, the climate change is very important to me. So was it all a rouge when he pulled us out of the Paris thing? Hmm, I don't know. Like I said... I give you the facts. You guys be the judge of what you think. You know what I think. Anyway, moving right along with the article. Newsflash to Donald Trump. When we have the biggest companies in the world ever done, when have the biggest companies in the world ever done anything recently that could possibly uh, be said to benefit the United States? Trump has to know they are all run by woke executives pandering to the likes of Schwab and BlackRock CEO Larry Fink's ESG scoring system. Well, right there, if you went back and listened to that video, he's like, Klaus, you've done such a great job. Klaus, you're doing a great job, huh, Klaus? Anyway, 
Trump should have been making it easier for small and medium-sized businesses to thrive instead of in Davos rubbing shoulders with the Rothschilds, Gates, Soros, and Rockefeller-backed Luciferians. Trump said the WEF was made up of the most important people in the world. The man either has zero discernment of the plans of these corrupt families and is uh, playing the role of a useful idiot, or he is part of the club and knowing using and knowingly using his influence to bring about the utopian dreams of global government ushered in predominantly to these smart cities. Trump, while in Davos, was asked by a reporter about his stance on, quote, climate change, and he regurgitated the WEF's fake talking points. Yeah, you heard it, folks. He said, answering, oh, I'm a big believer in the environment. The environment, to me, is very important. Anyway. Schwab himself praised Trump at the conclusion of Trump's 2020 address to the uh, globalists uh, gathered in Davos, stating, this is um, a quote by Schwab, Mr. President, thank you for your speech and congratulations for what you have achieved for your economy, but also for your society. We discuss here very intensively the questions of inclusiveness, but all your Trump's politics Six certainly are aiming to create better inclusiveness for the American people. I want to thank you particularly for injecting optimism into our discussions. We have many problems in the world, but I think we need, as you said, we need dreams. And we all have the capabilities, technology, leadership to realize those dreams. Unquote. Yeah, their dreams. Not ours, theirs. Anyway, Trump's daughter Ivanka and son-in-law Jared Kushner, who I think could be like, I'm not going to say antichrist-like or anything. I'm just saying Jared Kushner are products of the WEF's Young Leaders Program. (laughs) You heard that right, guys. He is uh, Jared Kushner and uh, Ivanka are products of the WEF's Young Leaders Program. So when you want to go back and try to connect the dots with uh, with uh, with Trump and the WEF and this whole beast system and just remember what he's a part of. Trace the money. Anyway, uh, so should Donald Trump somehow defy all the odds and make it back into the White House, expect to see a very different Trump from the one we saw in his first three years in office and more like the one we saw in his final year. He is either extremely gullible or he's one of them. And I'm telling you, coming from the dark side, I think he is one of them. Let's go back in history. Who did he hang out with? Who was he always with? The Clintons. You know... People who commit suicide by shooting themselves in the back of their own head. I'm just saying, if something happens to me, you know. (laughs) Oh, folks, if it wasn't true, it'd be sad. It would be funny, but it's unfortunately true. Which brings me to why hasn't the FDA recalled the COVID vaccines? So, are we supposed to trust the science? Just trust the science. You science deniers. Oh, my God, you misinformation, people. I just tell you what, just bye to get off of social media back in the day before I said some unchristian things to people. So, I was like, oh, the idiocracy. Anyway, so this was posted March 6th by Armando Simeon, Armando Simon, Armando. This is at uh, the front page, mag.com. You can check it out. So let's jump into this article. Imagine a vaccine so safe you have to be threatened to take it for a disease so deadly you have to be tested to know you have it. That's by Anonymous. So anyway, recently a dog food product was recalled because it could make pets sick. A few days prior to that, thyroid medication for humans was recalled by the FDA because it was 
subpotent. Why a blood pressure medication was withdrawn because it contained a cancer-causing impurity. The FDA has all has also recently recalled chocolates because they might contain. Uh, nuts in them since some people might be allergic to nuts in the past thousands of bags of lettuce were recalled because one bag was found to have listeria even though nobody had become sick Hmm. which begs the question why haven't the covid quote vaccines been recalled the above products were recalled because they could be harmful the covid vaccines have been conclusively shown to be not only detrimental but fatal they have been linked to the rise in sudden deaths. Otherwise, normal, healthy persons have dropped dead, particularly in young athletes. And here's just a few instances. Uh, Trump that saved millions of lives. I'm sorry. I know, I know. I have people who listen to this podcast and they are Trump supporters. And they just, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be so sarcastic. I'm sorry. But anyway, here we go. And this is, this is devastating, folks. So. I'm going to try to, I want to read through these really fast, but I can't because, I mean, you need to, you need to hear the truth. All right, brace yourselves, folks. Here we go. Here are a few instances. A 12-year-old suddenly collapsed and died during football practice. An 18-year-old suddenly died while playing basketball. A 43-year-old died suddenly while playing tennis. A healthy 21-year-old died in his sleep. A 35-year-old coach died in front of his class. An 18-year-old dropped dead from cardiac arrest. A kindergarten girl died. An 18-year-old MMA star died for unknown reasons. A 24-year-old flight attendant suddenly collapsed and died. A 9-year-old boy died from a blood clot. It is very interesting that the mainstream media in the English-speaking countries has steadfastly refused to publicize these cases of sudden death. Or even of the studies, which contrast uh, when, during the height of the COVID hysteria, the media would daily publicize the number of deaths supposedly from the virus. And of the hospital overcrowding, both of the nas- both on at national and local levels. In the UK, activists uh, pasted dozens and dozens of pictures of persons who had suffered debilitating side effects from COVID injections all along the BBC offices. Since the BBC, like its Canadian and American counterparts, are engaging in news blackout on the subject Subject. scientific studies a, te- a steady torrent of research papers from america canada britain germany italy japan australia new zealand denmark saudi arabia korea france and israel published in a plethora of scientific journals have proven the toxicity of the covid injection and more papers are being published as we speak whether with groups of subjects including one study employing 23 million subjects or in an individual case study, the primary adverse effects have been thrombosis, which is blood clots, myocarditis, myopericarditis, and pericarditis. Oh, but trust the science. As if that was not enough, other maladies have unfortunately been linked to the toxic injections. These are strokes, Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barre syndrome, syncope, and multi-system inflammatory syndrome, particularly in children, but also in adults. What I find particularly curious is the injections seem to stimulate a resurgence of cancers in remission. If you listen to Pastor Billy, you'll understand that too. His mother died. She had beat cancer three times and against their best wishes, uh, she got that COVID vaccine and died within three months. My doctor died. I'm, you know, I'm just telling you guys, she was my doctor for 20 some odd years. I'm just 
Mm, so many people died. So many people died. And they knew it. They knew what this was doing. They knew it. I don't understand why people aren't even outraged. Nobody. Because they've been brainwashed. Media washed. You know. I'm sorry. Anyway. I strongly urge the reader to read the published studies in the medical journeys. Folks, I'm telling you. In the journals. I'm telling you. If you have not, uh, Dr. John Campbell on YouTube. Dr. John Campbell posts the best information and he got the jab. He totally believed it. He's a doctor. He totally believed it. He's over in the UK. And now he's like, oh boy. So now he's throwing data up there to refute everything and telling people the best way to go about things now. But anyway, especially the mass, the double astral masters, mass, mass, mass. They don't work. They never work. They knew it. The stupid, you need to take six feet, six feet away, six feet away. You know, I wonder if they'd rather just make it up crap. I wonder if they'll do the hokey pokey and turn themselves about. Ha, ha, ha. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. It's infuriating. Anyway, moving right along. And trust the science. On the other hand, others can consult medical experts. Uh, the New York Times, NBC, CBS, BBC, ABC, CNN, NBR, the Boston Globe, and the Washington Post. But trust the science. The scientific studies, as well as the warnings from doctors and nurses in clinical practice, have labeled misinformation by journalists, all of whom could not differentiate between an enema and a leukotomy, but could probably benefit from both. <laughs> and these studies and the warnings from doctors in clinical practice were known since two years ago and are continuing, even though the media refuses to publicize them. The media carried out a constant campaign, subtle and not so subtle tactics of demonizing dissenters. Two additional points need to be made. First, if not everyone who has received the injection has been affected. It is for the same reason not everyone is allergic to penicillin. Genetic variability is involved. Second, the COVID injections are not true vaccines. A vaccine is the introduction of an inert form of a pathogen into the body in order to create antibodies. The COVID, quote, vaccines are an experimental, unpredictable approach called gene therapy using mRNA. In spite of the warnings, tremendous social and economic pressures was imposed on persons refusing to submit in order to achieve total unquestioning conformity. Many persons lost their jobs, indeed their careers. Yes, folks. Many others were denied medical care for other medical conditions because of their refusal to bow to the pressure and accept the toxic injections. And they are still being denied medical care in what is the most disgusting episode of ethical malpractice as to be categorized as downright evil. Those doctors and nurses who sounded the warnings and who prescribed medications that were not officially mandated and extremely expensive were demonized and retaliated against in a number of ways. The same occurred to doctors and nurses who gave saline solutions to patients instead of the toxic injections and thereby saved their lives. These doctors are still being persecuted and are being silenced. And of those patients who were offered or were given the injections, fully informed consent of recipients was absent. Contrary to standard medical practice, even though the dangers were known right after the rollout began. Yes, folks. The sickening irony, of course, is that it has now been shown that A, the COVID injections do not prevent contagion and even seem to facilitate contagion. B. Natural immunity is best for preventing the spread of the virus, as was originally advocated by epidemiologists before being drowned out by hysterics. 
So again, why haven't the COVID quote vaccines been recalled? The CDC is recommending children less than a year old receive four COVID injections, the first starting at six months of age. Not to put too fine a point on it, but continued insistence on injections of these toxic substances, particularly in children, is nothing short of criminal and marriage criminal persecution. Armando Simon is a retired uh, psychologist, author of the book of author of the book of many books in Orlando stories. Guys, go check out his articles. I tell you what, that was a very well written article informing us of the truth that you're not going to hear on your mainstream media. And I want to do um, an episode coming up um, probably within a couple weeks, probably not even that long, but I want to do one strictly on the vaccine and what the vaccine has done and what it is doing. I'm going to compile um, a lot of information to do that. It'll probably take me a little while to record it all. And I probably won't do it all in one sitting, um, but I'll put it all together and do an episode on that. And I, I may just do like a, maybe like a four part episode. We'll do it like me. Yeah, that sounds better. Maybe like a four part series because there's so much evidence, you guys. So many articles, so much stuff. If you haven't gone to watch Stu Peters died suddenly, you might want to go and watch that. Um, like I say, I always put a disclaimer on that. It is um, if you um, are sensitive, I probably wouldn't watch it. And especially if you're children, I would not watch it. Um, it's very, very disturbing, um, but it's true. It is true. And uh, it's in the water. Another one, what, watch the water, I think is the other one. And then, of course, the little ones, the children. Um, and you'll find out what's going on in Hollywood and um, with all your elitist crowd, you know, uh, and the stuff that you hear is true, folks, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, I did a video on my old YouTube channel. And, uh, of course, it was taken down. And I found it not too long ago. I had recorded some of it on my iPad. And uh, I was sending it to my brother. It was like one of the, they were like some of the first videos that I ever did on YouTube. And I was so, so proud. And I had worked really hard doing those. And I remember um, when I uploaded that, I ended up getting COVID. I got really, really sick um, after I did that. And doing videos like that, guys, about Satanism and all of that stuff. Well, I mean... It can, I mean, it can come to, it can, I mean, they can make you sick. I mean, I was physically ill from, from that, you know, all the research that I had to do. I mean, I remember to go home and I'd be sick. I mean, I was at home anyway because I was working from home, but I was like, I'd just be sick. And uh, I remember as soon as I uploaded that and I did um, a study uh, on Psalm 91. I remember I did that video and I was super sick. You could hear it in my voice. And I remember I woke up that Thursday and I was sick, ended up getting covid and I didn't realize that I had COVID at that time. And I didn't realize it till months later. I went and uh, to do antibodies and to have an antibody test run. And it was like, I was almost a year later and it showed I still had high titer antibodies um, to COVID-19 in exactly a year later. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so that kind of right there confirmed me that, yeah, that's what that was. That was COVID. Um, but that was like in November of 2020. Because I remember I was sick. Um during thanksgiving yeah i remember that it was terrible my friend chad and uh, my friend Kay, they had all brought me um thanksgiving dinner and set it outside for me i was like oh you guys are great well actually Kay actually came inside because her and her husband had had covid right before i got it um but anyway i'm really thankful to my friends and uh I, 
uh, what was it? We had, um, if you guys, uh, it was uh, harvest at home back then because you know, churches were closed. And um, anyway, I was looking anywhere and everywhere. And so we've had a harvest at home. And I remember I met some really wonderful people there, June, and I won't mention last names, and Chris and Laurel and Sonia and a whole bunch of people on there. You know, we just kind of had, uh, you know, uh, almost a year, I guess, maybe not quite a year, but it was nice to, you know, visit with people from all over the United States and, you know, just kind of have a ladies group, you know, even though all the crazy stuff was going on. But, uh, anyway, um, I will never forget, uh, that year, those ladies got me through that year. It was pretty cool. Um, you know, when everything was closed down, but anyway, I kind of throw that out there. Um, let me see what else. I think that's all I got for you guys um, tonight or this evening, I should say. And um, but, you know, I think I'll do that four part series. I think I will um, on the vaccine because there's so much stuff. I can't put it um, on YouTube because, you know, YouTube um, It will go on a rumble. And so we'll try to get that up. I haven't uploaded a whole lot of stuff to Rumble. I think it is taking my videos from YouTube and putting on Rumble. Hey, guys, if you haven't, and if you're still with me, if you have not, go to my YouTube channel um, and just, you know, hit a like button on one of them videos if you want to, if you like it. If you don't, I mean, don't. But I mean, you, know, you can even hit a down button, you know, whatever it still promotes it, you know. But if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, um, please do. Please subscribe um, to my YouTube channel. They're putting um, advertisements on all my videos anyway. And um, I'm not getting anything for that because, you know, I have very many. I think you have to have a thousand subscribers um, before they will um, uh, monetize your channel. But yet they're throwing uh, commercials on my videos. I'm like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> But anyway, if you feel led, guys, you can go. It's Bible Prophecy uh, for today uh, there on YouTube. And so I had to change it up a little bit because of my old um, channel. So I had it all together on my old channel. But, of course, you know, you can't do the same channel. <laughs> so it, it's Bible Space Prophecy Space for Space today. Anyway, and you'll know me because I have my new podcast um, picture on there. It's one with the microphone and, of course, me, you know, the little circle thing there. But anyway, um, if you want to, you know, go go hit the subscribe button. I'd appreciate that. Um, but anyway, uh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And, um, you know, just keep looking up. Keep looking up. Keep staying in the Word. And I did want to uh, read this really quick. Um, anyway, I'm reading the book. Um, it's How to Survive in a World of Unbelievers. It's John MacArthur. And uh, this book was written way, way back uh, in 2001. That seems so long ago, but it's really not 22 years ago. Eh, you know, but anyways, John MacArthur. I really do like oh, Mr. MacArthur. Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac. Anyway, and uh, he's talking about um, the revelation of his promise. And he can't read a lot of stuff out of his book because you'll get a copyright strike. So I'm not going to read anything verbatim because um, they're real big on that. But... I did like this. It says, finally, Jesus gave the apostles a promise meant to ease the grief they felt at his leaving. And it says, Jesus says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And that is John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And it says, Jesus had fed them. He had helped them catch their fish. On one occasion, he had even provided Peter's tax money out of the mouth of a fish. He had supplied all their needs, but now he was leaving and they must have wondered, how are we going to get a job? How are we going to fit back into society? What will we do without him? 
Jesus' disciples had left everything and were completely without resources. Without their master, they would be all alone in a hostile world. Kind of like we feel today. You know what I mean? We, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's a definitely hostile world out there. But anyway, John continues and he says, um, Yet he assured them they did not need to worry about any of their needs. The gap between him and them would be closed instantly whenever they prayed. Even though he would be absent, they would have access to all his supplies. He goes, that's not a carte blanche for every whim of the flesh. He goes, there's a qualifying statement repeated twice. He doesn't say, I'll give you absolutely everything you ask for, but rather I'll do what you ask in my name. That does not mean we can simply tack in Jesus name on the end of our prayers and expect the answers we want every time. Neither is it a special formula or an abracadabra. Uh, to use to get wishes granted. The name of Jesus stands for all that he is. Throughout scripture, God's names are the same as his attributes. When Isaiah prophesied that Messiah would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Oh, I just love that. That's chapter 9, verse 6, by the way. Um, he was not giving him actual names, but rather an overview of Messiah's character. The I am who I am. The name revealed to Moses in Exodus 3.14 is as much an affirmation of God's eternal nature as it is a name by which he is to be called. He goes on to say, therefore, praying in the name of Jesus is more than merely mentioning his name at the end of our prayers. If we truly pray in Jesus name, we can pray only for that which is consistent with his perfect character and for that which will bring glory to him. It implies an acknowledgement of all that he has done and a submission to his will. And he goes on to say, um, what praying in Jesus name really means is that we should pray as if our Lord himself were doing the asking. He says we approach the throne and the fa- we approach the throne of the father in full identification with the son, seeking only what he would seek. When we pray with that perspective, we begin to pray for the things that really matter and we eliminate selfish requests. In his promise, when we pray that way is this, I will do it. John 14, 14. That is a guarantee that within his will, we cannot lack anything. His concern for us, his concern for his own transcends all circumstances so that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord, Romans 8, 38 and 39. And guys, if you want to continue that, you can definitely get the book, How to Survive in a World of Unbelievers by John MacArthur. This is Jesus's words of encouragement on the night before his death. And folks, you know, uh, just remember Jesus promised to never leave us nor nor forsake us. And so we are in this world. We are not of this world. And he goes, I send you out you know, in the midst of wolves, you know, and told us to be, um, what was it? Harmless as does, but wise as serpents. And so we are in that world right now, you guys. And, um, I tell you what, you need to cling to the word of God because his word is what's going to get us through this. And, uh, just like he said, we pray in his name. Yeah. If you, if you're needing like whatever, yeah, we, we have that, that privilege to go to the throne of our heavenly father, of our father, God, 
We have that privilege as his children, as born again believers, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. When God sees us, he doesn't see us as the wretched sinners that we are. He sees us through the blood sacrifice, through the blood atonement of his son, Jesus Christ. He sees us righteous because we have the righteousness of Christ. We are covered in Christ's righteousness. And so that's how God sees us. And so when you go to the throne of grace, you know, that's what we do. We go to the throne of the heavenly father. And of course we ask, we pray for what we need in Jesus name. And, um, you know, you don't go like, oh, I want a $5 billion jet. No, you know, but if you're hungry and you need food, ask God for the food, ask him for food. <clears throat> and of course, you know, God doesn't want us to go hungry. So we pray in his will. And so whenever we pray, you know, he's giving that to us so that we can glorify him you know we can definitely uh, glorify him in all that we do and so i'm you know thankful for all you guys that listen for all you guys that donate man you guys uh, i am so very thankful for that and for and 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 even more so for uh, the folks that um send emails you guys make my day i tell you what um, I just love opening up my email and seeing wonderful messages from you guys. So encouraging. And I'm so thankful. Art, thank you so much for your message this morning. And thank you for buying all of my books. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I Please, please let me know what you think. Now, the fiction series, I'm just going to give you a warning here. The very first one, uh, World Chaos, was not very good as the first book that I wrote in the fiction series. And like my brother says, the more you write, the better you get. Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, the second book, I think, was a little bit better. Um, anyway, or please let me know what you think about those. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I sure do appreciate you guys. And uh, Brittany, haven't heard from you in a while. Hope everything's going all right with you. I know y'all got some crazy weather up there. And I'm praying everything is well with you. Um, and you guys, I am so thankful for all of you, for all you guys that listen. But um, with that, I really am going to get off of here. And I uh, need to play with my dogs a little bit. I've been sitting at this desk all day at work. I sat here all day at work. And then I'm, you know, sit here pulling up these articles. But I felt it was important um, to talk to you guys about this stuff today. And I know you people out there that like the Trump. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. <laughs> do y'all remember what's her name? It did Bon Quee Quee. Don't hate me. <laughs> I'd have to play that for you guys one time if you haven't. And hell, Angelica and, and Angela uh what's her name oh my gosh anyway i'll look it up for you guys but um yeah so uh anyway with that guys i really am gonna get off of here um but anyway thanks you guys so much for listening and may god bless each and every one of you as we await oh my gosh as we await the appearing of our great god and savior jesus christ he's coming to take us home and while we wait we need to go out there and tell people about the love of jesus christ the salvation of jesus christ the good news which is the gospel folks with that i really am getting off of here okay <laughs> at least three times in texas we gotta say bye <laughs> all right you guys uh, get in the word of god let the word of god get into you and maranatha lord jesus maranatha <laughs> <laughs>